It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Alec trying to steer around, picked off, centered, they score! Back over to Manny, splits the defense, his shot, he scores! Back in his own end there was Shillington, on collision, VL, centering feed, they score! This is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Sharks AHL affiliate, the San Jose Barracuda. Here are your hosts, Nick Nolenberger and Joey Goldstein. Well, hello, welcome to another edition of Cruda Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, American Hockey League affiliate of the NHL San Jose Sharks. Nick Nolenberger here alongside marketing manager Joey Goldstein. Goldie, uh, another week. We're back at it. What's going on? Uh, again, fans are not privy to uh, the camera view, but you are rocking a tank top right now. The beard is continuing to grow. I mean, your leisure level is 100 yeah, I'm living my best life. I trimmed the beard. It was really, really long before. I, I took a lot off. It was just getting a little ridiculous. The weather is starting to turn, so it was a, a little warm. But uh, we're good here. I mean, we're we're here on this shelter in place for another month now, and uh, they're slowly starting to open some things back up. I saw that they're opening up the parks and whatnot. Beaches and, and everything are getting shut down, but uh, it'll be nice to be able to get outside and get some fresh air and not have to worry about getting yelled at for it. So... Just yeah, moving forward as best we can. Yeah, and I think everybody's kind of, you know, again, we're all on, the, all on the same boat, so we're going through it together. But we have a, a guest I think a lot of fans are going to be excited to hear from because it's been a couple of years, and one of the one of probably the biggest fan favorites over our first five years is we welcome in Milwaukee Admirals Gold Center or Nashville Predators prospect and part of their organization as well, Troy Grossnick. Grossi, what's up, man? How are you? Good, guys. Just uh... – you know, doing what we can to get through this quarantine here in Minnesota. And, uh, yeah, good to uh, see you guys. Good to see you, man. You, you know, you're from the Milwaukee area, and that's where you play, you know, with the ads. But you do spend your off-seasons back in Minnesota where you guys bought a house a few years ago. Um, how are things going back back in Minnesota, back at home? And how's the family doing uh, all quarantined up and bundled up inside? Yeah, it's been good. We, uh, yeah, we uh, didn't, we kind of waited about a week after they told us we could go home just to see what was going on um, with everything, kind of playing it by ear. And uh, when stuff started to kind of shut down, we figured it was going to be easier to, to uh, come back up here and, and live in our place in Minnesota. Um, just, you know, a lot easier to be at home. Um, but, yeah, we weren't going to be able to see my family or anything like that anyway, so didn't make much sense for us to stick around Milwaukee. So we uh, quick got the U-Haul, got everything uh, up here, and uh, everything's been good. Um, everyone's happy and healthy, and um, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun being able to spend more time with family. And, um, you know, we cherish for sure the, the days that are nice outside, so it's a little bit easier for Beck to go run around and, and have some fun. But, uh, yeah, it's – nice the weather's turning here we actually had kind of like a like a mini blizzard type scenario right around easter so that was tough but uh other than that everything's good 
You mentioned Beckett. The last time uh, we saw Beckett, he was he was uh, just a newborn. So uh, give us an update on the family. Uh, rumor has it you guys are expanding. Yeah, so Beckett's doing great. He's He'll, he'll be two and a half in about a week now. And, uh, you know, he just, uh, you know, he's a ton of fun. Like, this age is awesome. Like, he's really into every sport, um, especially hockey and golf. Um, picking up baseball right now, too. And uh, loves riding bikes and playing cars. So um, it's been a lot of fun. He's just at a really fun age. And then, yeah, we're expecting a little girl actually in September. So really excited about that. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we couldn't be more happy. And, um, you know, we've got the best of both worlds on, on our way now. With, uh, with, with Beckett, I mean, I feel like I see all the time he's either – got skates on in the basement or he's playing floor hockey or he's outside playing golf. I mean, how is, you say he's picking up all these sports, but is it, does it at some point, does it get a little exhausting trying to have to entertain a two year old nonstop like that? A little bit. I think the, the biggest problem is more so the attention span. It's the fact that he wants to do everything at once. So like when we're outside, the golf clubs will come out first and then all of a sudden, you know, he'll hit the golf ball a couple of times and then he wants to go, play street hockey instead and that'll last for five well hockey usually lasts a little bit longer than most other things so that'll last like 15 minutes but then he wants to ride his car and then he wants to ride his bike and so we've been trying to work on picking up the last thing that you uh played with before starting a new one but uh because our yard looks like an absolute you know yard sale by the end of uh, a two-hour play session outside but uh it's there's certain times when it does get exhausting, but it, it's also a lot of fun being able to teach him new things and being able to see him grasp things so quickly. That's, that's the really amazing thing to me about, about being a dad is of a kid that's so young is how fast he, he can pick things up. It's, it's pretty crazy. And, um, you know, like we just got a bike for him last week and like he's already starting to pedal. It's got training wheels and everything. He's taking it couple diggers but he's uh it's crazy how fast he's learned to pedal it and, and steer it on his own so um stuff like that's just really cool do you think that beckett follows in your footsteps sorry to cut you off joe but is he going to be a goalie or is he going to play up i don't know i don't think maggie wants him to be a goalie i think that's been uh that's been laid down but uh we whatever he wants to do it's is Whatever makes him happy is he'll have our full support, even if it's not playing hockey, if it's playing another sport. But um, it's actually funny just I think him being around so much and hockey being on the TV a good amount and him just being around the team. But he saw it. He's seen it from such a young age that, like, I didn't even have to teach him the right way to shoot. He just grabbed the stick the right way and started shooting the right way. So I think him just being around things so much is definitely what piques his interest because, I mean, the two things he sees me do the most are play hockey and play golf. And um, those were the first two things that he loved, he kind of, you know, got, got into. Um, so I think just the more he's exposed to different sports, he'll find which ones he loves the most. And like I said, we'll be, we'll be completely supportive of whatever he wants to do. Safe to say, I mean, uh, seeing how, how often he's got a hockey stick in his hand and, it's similar to, to Ryan Carpenter's son, Bo, always playing floor hockey or something like that. Is it safe to say, just given how often he's around the rink and how much he's seen you, that hockey is far and away the, the favorite right now? Yeah, I, I think it kind of changes, though, 
throughout the summer. But yeah, hockey's for sure the the number one. I mean, even in the summer, he wants to play street hockey with other kids. Um, like last summer, he wasn't quite old enough, and obviously this summer, got to keep your distance. So like, I've been curious to see how it'll when the when the older boys in our cul-de-sac get the nets out and start playing. Um, how Beckett will uh, will interact, but because uh, most of the time it's just he wants to play with me or, or Maggie downstairs, and um, he's had a couple friends over um, during the season to to play, and it's just a lot of fun to see him interact with with uh, younger kids too. But uh, yeah, hockey is for sure the one that he he does the most. I got to ask, is your wife happy that you're home more, that you're able to assist uh, with the youngster, or is she sicky yet? I know you guys have been uh, high school sweethearts, been together forever, but um, how's that dynamic being that you're home so much now? I'm pretty good. I, uh, you know, I think it's, it's probably helped that I've uh, done a little bit more domestic things since uh, I've got really not much else to do. So, um, but yeah, we haven't really had any blowups. Um, it's been good. I think just being able to spend time with them. And, um, I think the hardest thing is just being able to stay entertained. We try to, you know, play a game or something like that once in a while, Maggie and I, but, um, there's only so many two people games that you can play. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been really good. And, uh, that's been the silver lining out of all this is just more time with the people you love. What's I mean, playing back home, obviously being the, the first, player from the Milwaukee area from Milwaukee to play for the Admirals I mean what's that been like for you what's that experience been like for the family uh it's been awesome I mean it's something like we we never take for for granted I mean obviously got traded when Becca was like three or four months old so he's been able to be around his grandparents and um, Maggie's brother lives in the Milwaukee area so he's been able to be around family which you know pretty much his whole life which you know in, in our and our profession isn't always the case, so we've been really lucky that way. Um, and as far as uh, being the first Milwaukee guy to play for the Admirals, it's it's kind of like one of those things. Like I don't I don't think about it too much. Like when I got traded and looked around the locker room and saw the teams that I grew up idolizing, kind of their pictures up in the locker room. I, like that was like a, a kind of an emotional moment for me. But then after that, I just I've been trying to do the same thing on the ice and um, you know, I, I do take pride in it. Like, especially when we go to the rinks and, and uh, you know, teach the kids, it's, it's kind of like, Hey, you know, I was in your shoes once your exact same shoes. I played at this exact same rink. Like if I can do it, you can do it. So it's a pretty cool, um, you know, experience to be able to say that to a kid and, and hopefully that, uh, helps them to, to pursue their dreams. And, uh, yeah, that's just kind of the way I've gone about at it and not putting any extra pressure on myself, but in the, in the back of my mind, knowing how lucky I am to, uh, to be playing in my hometown. I think people are aware, you know, who, who knew the story when you were a member of the Barracuda, but, you know, the connection goes beyond you being just a fan of the Admirals as a kid. Tell us a little bit about that story as far as, uh, you know, your parents, if I'm not mistaken, one if not their first date was an admiral's game yeah it was so my parents first date was an admiral's game um they had season tickets even before i was born um and so like when i was born i had a season ticket and uh was actually named after an ex-admiral's goalie troy gamble um 
my first hockey stick was a, a stick that an admiral broke and, and kind of handed to me. And um, so, yeah, my, uh, my uh, story with admirals goes, uh, you know, even before I was born. So it's pretty crazy, especially because um, we moved back into the old into the old rink. I, I still call it the Mecca. The UWM Panther Arena used to be the Mecca. And uh, that's where the Admirals were playing when my parents had their first date. So when I got traded back, they moved to the Bradley Center and then back to, to where my parents had their first date. So um, just a pretty cool uh, story. Dude, one of the biggest – no, keep going. Sorry. Keep going. sorry. I was going to say one of, the, one of the bigger differences I feel like between – uh, the group you guys have in Milwaukee now versus the group we may have had with the Barracuda in the past. It's, it's a much, uh, you got an older group. I feel like a lot more guys have kids and, and are a little bit more established in, in their, you know, the, the later parts of their life as far as settling down. How, how, what's that been like? And what was that adjustment like coming into Milwaukee? It's, you know, it's, I kind of say same, same, but different. I mean, we're all hockey players at the end of the day around the rink. Everything's the same. I mean, um, you know, when you're on the road, everything's the same. Obviously now, like with a family, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not just hanging out with a couple of the other guys every day when we're at home, which is a lot of the case. A lot of times that's the case for the younger guys that, you know, those are your, your brothers in that room. So that's, you know, when you're a younger guy, you've got no one else around. That's who you end up hanging out with, even away from the rink. And, uh, when I was at the Barracuda, even though Maggie was living with us, we all lived you know, most of us lived in, in the same apartment complexes. So we were always hanging out together. And then um, Becca was born and we were still able to do that. I mean, everyone was so close that, you know, Becca was taking a nap. We could, you know, chill with the guys or whatever. But um, it's been really cool because that year that Becca was born, Carpy was up um, and then got taken by Vegas. Um, so... It was like uh, like Lex and Lex and Maggie were close because Carpy and I had been playing together for three years or so at that point, and so even though Carpy was up, Maggie and Lex would spend time together, uh, and obviously both being new moms, I think that was really cool for them. Then Carpy left, and we were the only people around with with a kid. So I mean, the girls were great helping out Maggie with Beckett when she needed it. Um, I think actually the day I got traded, there's Maggie had a meeting, um, for Beckett and it was a, like an over the phone meeting and I had to call her and tell her like I was going to be late. And I think Aaron actually, um, Bobo's fiance came over and, and looked after Beckett for her. So, um, just, just being part of a team is always or a professional hockey team. You're always going to be part of a family that way. And, and people are going to be willing to help you out. Um, and that's no, that was no different in San Jose, but now in Milwaukee, like you said, we've got like four or five dads on the team. And so, um, it's kind of cool just to, you know, be able to ch share stories about the kids and the kids are always over at the rink after practice skating, stuff like that. So, um, it's been nice for me, obviously, like as I get older, you know, transition to an older team, just more people in that same stage of life. But at the same time, like the young guys are are always going to still be considered part of our family. And, um, you know, I think in Milwaukee, we've done a really good job of, of combining, you know, the younger pros with the older pros and, and hopefully they can learn a thing or two from us. And, uh, you know, maybe we can have a little fun with them too. 
Well, Ryan Carpenter is now a member of the Chicago Blackhawks, which is really just up the road from Milwaukee. Have you guys had a chance to connect since he joined that organization? Uh, I haven't been able to talk to him too much. We haven't been able to see each other. I know Maggie keeps in touch with Lax, but um, yeah, I mean, I see Snapchats and stuff like that from Carby and, and, you know, we might text each other once or twice, but we haven't been able to get together or anything like that. Um, obviously, it's tough during the season. Um, if you're not playing in the same place, you know, back to back or whatever, um, it's tough to see guys. Uh, otherwise, you know, they're in Florida during the off season. We're up here in Minnesota, so it gets a little tough too. Um, but yeah, it's uh, they're they're a family that will always you know share common bonds with and will always be considered dear friends. It's a good segue. I mean, in the 2015-16 season, Ryan Carpenter won the AHL Man of the Year award. Uh, the following year, you were the Barracudas nominee, and then this year, you were the league-wide winner for the uh, the Man of the Year award. So, I guess first things first, what does that mean to you uh, to get that honor? Well, it's you know, I think it 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 just kind kind of to me the award it shows how much the whole team really wants to get out in the community and make a difference. I mean, you don't do community service necessarily, you know, for awards. You're doing it to, to help other people. And, you know, that's – I like to – you know, the award's kind of an opportunity for me to look back and, and, you know, see some of the things that we've been able to do in the community and look back at a lot of the fun things and, and seeing the, kid, the smiles you put on kids' faces just by, you know, spending a little bit of time with them. Um, and then it also is a – it's a way, it's a time for me to look back and just appreciate the people that I had in my life growing up. Um, and being in the Milwaukee community, it's meant so much to me growing up. I had great teachers, mentors, coaches. Um, my parents were awesome. My whole family was awesome. There's love and support they always showed me. So just growing up in a community um, like Brookfield and really the rest of the Milwaukee area, I was very lucky as a kid and um, getting out and, and getting back into that community and sharing some of my time is just kind of a way for me to pay it forward. And, um, you know, I, the award, it's great, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, that's not why we do these things. Going back into your own community. I mean, it's just gotta be a magical thing for you. You were a young kid with dreams of being a pro hockey player. Now you're, you're paying it forward. You're, you're coming back in your old community. You know, you, you talked about, not wanting awards you don't do these things to to get awards and certainly i don't think anybody does but to be recognized it's got to make you feel pretty good but it's a community in in milwaukee that you know i think the game is certainly growing but it's still it's still not maybe as popular as it's certainly not as football because of the packers but do you feel like you're carrying the torch for for young future hockey players in that region and that's got to be kind of a special thing for you too yeah, I mean, I think it, it's pretty cool. We've had we've had pro hockey players from the Milwaukee area before. Obviously, um, more in the Madison and northern Wisconsin areas. Um, but Milwaukee's definitely it's it's growing um, as as in terms of youth hockey. And even since, since the time I left and and came back, just seeing how many more kids are playing, it's pretty incredible. Um, even when I went uh, back to my my kind of like where I played squirts and mites. Um, so very local at Elmbrook, uh, when I was growing up, you know, we would have kind of like one and a half, two teams per, uh, 
per age level. And now like that's, that's skyrocketed. And I think somebody was telling me they've got like five teams or so at certain levels. So um, just the growth in, in that aspect has been pretty cool. And I think that's a lot of the grassroots. I mean, really good coaching going on. And obviously I think that extends to, you know, guys that I was playing hockey with growing up um, our coaches there now. And um, it's pretty cool to see that. So um, I think a lot of that, you know, the growth in hockey starts at the grassroots level. And if I can be kind of like uh, the torchbearer in, in terms of, you know, Hey, look, like Troy made it and he played for the admirals. So you can be playing on that ice one day. That's, that's pretty cool to me, but um, I, I'm not going to take much of the credit for, for growing it because, um, you know, really like I, I go out and, and try to make appearances at the rink when I'm, when I can, but it really comes down to, to the coaches and uh, the people are, around those organizations that number one, show the kids how to have fun and keep them coming back. And uh, hopefully they can learn a thing or two along the way, but um, really all the credit in the world goes to those grassroots guys. Looking at the, the list of, you know, accomplishments and things that you guys did this year in the community. I mean, it's, it is pretty impressive, but there's a couple that I want to ask about. The first one is the, the be an admiral teammate program that, you and, and Connor Ingram started how did that kind of come together and, and how what was it like you know creating that program from scratch and really implementing it in, in schools and then teaching kids yeah we we really just asked you know Charlie kind of had thrown an idea around and we said well maybe if we got some submissions from uh, kids about about not necessarily who's scoring goals but um a kid that's a really good teammate if if their teammate could nominate them um and just give us you know a quick story or synopsis of how the kid's being a good teammate and, um Connor and I obviously have a really good relationship in the net and we thought um it was a good thing to to kind of put both our names on and uh and try to get kids to you know be just be good people and good human beings good friends um more so than worrying about stat lines and Unfortunately, so all those kids that, that were nominated and were selected were supposed to come out and, and play a little game with us. But um, just because of all the circumstances right now, that kind of got canceled. It was supposed to be towards the end of March. Um, so unfortunately, that didn't happen. But hopefully it's something that we can continue in the future um, and really see, see to the end. But it's, it's hard because we didn't see it to the end to, to really, you know, we didn't even really get to meet the kids. Um, we, uh, we just, you know, we kind of had been looking through some of the submissions. So um, that was a bummer, but hopefully we can figure out a way to get those kids back to the rink and, uh, you know, continue that, continue that program. You played in a, uh, <clears throat> a celebrity softball game that raised a, a decent amount of money. And, and I know, and Nick knows from having, taking you to the, you know, San Jose Giants games throughout the first pitch. I mean, you like to fancy yourself as a, as a pretty, uh, pretty decent baseball player. How was the celebrity softball game? How'd you do? And what other celebrities played in the game? It was a blast. I'm actually wearing my hat from the game right now. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun and obviously a great cause. And the MAC fund is um, Mid Midwest Athletes Against Childhood Cancer. And um, it's been around for a long time. I mean, I remember it's one of the, like, the main, you know, if you, if you tune into a Brewers or Bucks or Packers game, um, you're going to probably hear something about, uh, 
you know, it, like with this touchdown, this much money gets donated to, to the Mac Fund. It's, uh, it was actually started by um, Brewers and Bucks. And um, it's just a really cool um, thing that we could do with the softball game. It was, uh, it was uh, Jim Gantner, Paul Molitor, Robin Yount, uh, kind of like the big three um, Brewers from, from the late 80s, early 90s. Um, they were, they were kind of the headliners and John McLaughlin, who's, who was a buck and, uh, still does radio stuff for the bucks. Um, and he was one of the founders of the Mac fund. So I was on, on McLaughlin's team. Um, and it was a lot of their sports celebrities, all their, um, sports celebrities like Brian, Brian Butch and Joel Stave. So Joel Stave was a quarterback for the Badgers. Brian Butch was a center for the basketball team. Um, man there's there's so many people out there um a lot of like the some news newscasters radio personalities um it, so it was a it was a big big uh big production and we we raised a lot of money i think it was over a hundred thousand dollars um i did pretty good in the game i think i was uh i hit a double um I think I had a sack fly. I was trying to take it deep every time. We did the home run derby. I think I hit two or three in the home run derby. Um, overall, it was a blast. Um, just being able to to get out there and, and meet all those people. But uh, really, the most important thing was how much money we were able to raise for the Max Fund. And uh, it's, uh, it's pretty cool just to see uh, how invested people um, like Becky Pinters, the, the president of, of the Mac Fund. And so I've been working with her this year um, with other initiatives and stuff and, and to see how much work they put into the softball game and for it to, to go off as well as it did was, uh, was pretty cool. Grossi, you began your, your career with the Sharks organization, spent your first four and a half years of pro hockey within the org. You know, as you look back on that time, you know, what kind of memories and what thoughts come to mind about your time with the Sharks? Just really positive. I mean, uh, the organization as a whole is just, uh, is a family. And um, I think, I think they did a great job of just bringing in great people um, first and foremost and, and, and good hockey players. Um, you know, I, I think they really, they really value um, the type of character um, that they bring into their room. And, um, you know, I was just always treated so well. I went through some highs, I went through some lows and no matter what, you know, the whole, the whole staff was there for, to support their players. Um, it, it's, you know, it's where I learned to, to be a pro and, uh, there are times that, that I'm going to cherish the rest of my life for sure. And, uh, you know, still talk to Roy when I can and, uh, actually was able to get up and see uh, see those guys. We were playing uh, we were playing the Moose the night after they played the Jets. So I was able to stop over um, by their hotel and and see some of those guys. So I was able to say see Reach and and Roy and Boogie and uh, Truzy made his way in too. So it was it was good to see all those guys and catch up and um, yeah, just really special. Still talked to Nabby once in a while. Um, just really good relationships and really good people the whole the, top to bottom in the, in the organization. I mean, um, I think it says something that I come back for your podcast, uh, just because, you know, I love being there and love being around all you guys. So, 
um, special times and, and special people for sure. One of the uh, the bits in that 2016-17 season where you won the well, – this I mean, it's not the first time you won a league award. You won the top goaltender award. I mean, what are some – that I mean, that team, me and Nick have talked about it before with this being our fifth anniversary season. Uh, that team was, was pretty loaded as far as talent goes, and obviously we had a pretty – pretty good run uh, that fell short of where we ultimately wanted to be. But uh, I mean, what are some of your memories from, from that season and, you know, those teammates? Uh, it was just, I, I got a, a few. So the first thing that really comes to mind was just how much fun we had. You know, it was, especially when we went on that run of however many games in a row, it just seemed like going into, into you know, I remember there was a third period in Tucson that we were behind. And actually, I think Shorts wasn't playing that game and I was backing up. And in between the second and third period, I think we were down like two goals or something like that. And in between the second and third period, like you could just kind of feel in the room that like we weren't going to lose this game. And Storts, Storts came out of the room and looked at me and, and he probably wouldn't have said anything if I wasn't playing, but he's like, man, we're not going to lose this game. Hey? I was like, no, there's no chance. And like, we didn't like, we came out and just, I think we scored like three late goals to win. And it was just like one of those things, you know, we had so much confidence in, in the guys around us. And I think a lot of that was because we knew that, that every guy in that room was fully committed to, to the guy next to him. Um, so that was like the first thing that comes to mind. Some other like little funny things. Like I remember in the beginning of the season, it seemed like, I either like got a shutout or let in five. It was just like, it was kind of like crazy. Like I, I think that's I, a big thing that people forget about. I mean, the beginning of that season wasn't, I mean, we obviously we ended on such a, a high note, but the beginning of the season wasn't all that great. I mean, we struggled yeah, for a bit. We like, I think, I think, yeah, we were right around 500, like until we hit that, that big spot. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what anything is just like the anti-law of averages type year, I suppose. It's just, all or nothing when it when it came to <laughs> when it came to my stats but um yeah it was it was crazy um there's I lost I lost my track there's one other thing I wanted I forgot about uh I was gonna say at the beginning of the year there oh like yeah I just remember we were we were really young at the beginning of the year and like I remember our first game we went up to Stockton I think we lost in overtime in Stockton, but Stockton was like, when you looked at their roster, they were like good and like veteran good. And we were young guys. Like we, we thought we had a lot of skill, but we, we, we knew we were pretty young. And when you went up there and that first game of the season, you know, everyone's going to be jacked up. And when we were able to, you know, really play right with, with that Stockton team, I think everyone kind of knew, okay, like if we're going to keep improving, like we should, because we're so young, we're going to be a pretty good team. And obviously that, that kind of took over midway through the year and, um, you know, carried us through that playoff run. And it was just, just a lot of fun. Um, yeah, just great guys on the team. I mean, Goody, Carpy, Danny O, Galley, Storitz, Buddy. Like, that team was just a lot of – Patty McNally. Like, we had Banker, Timo, like, Marcus, Heater. Like, it was – Yoki, it was just – all guys that like you just love being around and there wasn't a guy on that team that was kind of a misfit. Everyone kind of got along and 
you know, when we were on the road, it wasn't like different types of, it wasn't different niches or anything like that. Everyone went and we went as one big group and uh, just a really fun team to be a part of. And I think that's one of the reasons we had success too. You talked about that real quick. You talked about the, you know, playing the, the Stockton teams. They were a little bit veteran heavy. They were, I mean, still to this day, our rivalries with Stockton are, are, can get pretty heated. And I know that season we had the, you know, the incident with Brandon Bowling kind of getting tapping Roy on the top of the head. But this past season, you, uh, you got in a little goalie fight of your own. Um, so I, I, tell us a little bit about that story and, uh, I guess how that comes to be, cause you don't see goalie fights all too often. Well, I think it was, I've always wanted one, first of all. <laughs> um, and just for whatever reason, there had been a few times that I thought that we had one, you know, ready to go, but, um, you know, because of like an emergency backup situation or stuff like that didn't happen. Um, but I've always wanted one. Like I hadn't had one my entire career, even through junior and stuff like that. And uh, it was actually, I think that was actually my 250th uh, AHL game that night. And we had a lead and there was just kind of a scuffle. And it was, I don't know, it was like, we were up like six to two with, I don't know, 10 minutes or so left. So me going out and, and getting in one and getting kicked out wasn't, shouldn't affect the game too much hopefully but uh so I, I just saw the scuffle going around around our blue line and their goalie was kind of like at the top of his crease looking down so I shook the gloves and he said yeah and that was that like we just uh you know decided it would be a fun time I think he'd actually already had one um in his career after I looked at at everything but uh yeah I was uh I was thankful he gave me my tilt finally tougher than you thought it was going to be as far as fighting you know, all the equipment goalie gear on it's yeah like I knew it would be tough but um it, it, yeah it's hard to describe until you actually do it the biggest part for me like our just our leg pads get caught up in each other and that's what makes you trip like the actual punching I have pretty long arms um so that wasn't nearly as much of an issue for me as it was as the leg pads and keeping the balance but yeah I had a I had a little plan going into it went in lefty and switched on them right away so you know it was <laughs> it was fun learned, learned from the best with galley <laughs> that's that does not shock me one bit that you oh. wanted to get a get a goalie fight in your belt at some point during your career um I mean this one's running pretty long so I do have one more question for you um Joe may have another one for you too but uh, you mentioned all those teammates on that 2016-17 year. Really just a, such a good group. Everybody, as you alluded to, got together so well and, and just uh, fit like a glove. One guy who's now still a current teammate but with a different organization, Colin Blackwell, what do you make of his career since he has left San Jose and made a little bit of a name for himself at the NHL level? Yeah, I mean, Black, he, just, he works hard. He's, he's a spitfire out there and – um, I think that was his rookie year, that year that we made that run. Um, and he was kind of like a, a third, fourth line guy on that team, but he was willing to play that role. And um, he still does that. I mean, then he, he ended up leaving San Jose and going to Rochester and had a great year, put up, put up some numbers. And, um, you know, he's been awesome, like both for Milwaukee and Nashville. And, um, you know, when he's in Milwaukee, he obviously gets a little bit more time up on the power play and that type of stuff. And, I mean, he's got the skill to do that. And then, 
you know, but he's not a guy that just because he's asking to fill skill roles puts puts a little bit of the toughness away. Like he still goes out and bangs bodies, even though you know he's a smaller guy, and um, that's exactly the role that he fills for Nashville. Like that kind of third line forward that you know he's got the ability to put it in the net, but um, he's not going to shy away from the physical contact and just you know buzzes around out there. He's fast and physical and and can put the puck in the net. So he's been awesome and and just a good dude and knowing what he's gone through in his career, especially like through college and stuff, uh, had some, had some pretty scary stuff with concussion issues and just to see a guy persevere like the way he has, like you couldn't be happier for him. Last question for me. It's, I mean, you spent a lot of time in the Sharks organization, obviously spent some time with the Barracuda thinking back to all the teammates you've had. If you could pick one that you had to be quarantined with, who would it be and why? One, one teammate? One. You can only <laughs> pick one. Man. Can I give, like, one from, from like, San Jose and one from Milwaukee? I think so. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we'll allow it. I, I mean, it's even still hired, though, because, I mean, from San Jose, I probably have to go with Galley. Him and I were running mates. Um might have had a little too much fun, but um, I'd probably have to go with Galley. But really, like that that whole group, really, we all hung out together all the time. Galley, Galley lived with Patty McNally and Yoki Ryan, and um, that was kind of like they had the best spot. They were on like the top floor above the pool, and that was just kind of like a it was a hangout place for everybody. Their door was always open, um, and so everyone kind of hung out there. Um, and then with the admirals, I'd probably have to say, uh, Cole Schneider, him and I have been pretty close since he, he's gotten here. Um, and we're very similar. Like he's a big sports, not football, not huge Bills fan. Obviously I'm a huge Packers fan. So, you know, when we can get, get to, uh, get somewhere to, that's got, you know, Sunday NFL ticket or something and we've got the day off, like we enjoy, enjoy that. And we've got a similar sense of humor. Um. But, yeah, just uh, we're pretty similar. Both college guys around the same age, too. So, um, yeah, I'd probably go with Galley and Schneitz would be my, would be my two. I, I do have one more. I forgot to completely slip my mind. What do you make of all this uh, Jordan Love drafting with, the, with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, we're, we're, what's, as a Packers fan, what's your take on the situation? So, like, I've got, like, I always have to calm myself down in, in situations like this, right? But, like, when they did that, when they traded up and, and got love, like my immediate reaction is like, what are we doing? We got Rodgers. But then like you think about it down the line, it's like, you know what? Like this is pretty much what we did with Rodgers and Favre. And obviously that turned into a little bit of a debacle. But a lot of that was Favre's own making, saying he was going to retire. He wasn't. Like he was going to retire. He wasn't. Um, I don't think Rodgers really is like that as far as like – I think he's kind of like, you know – a little bit more straight like okay this is I'm gonna retire I'm not gonna leave like I'm not gonna leave you guys in a bad spot saying I want to come back two months after I told you I'm retiring um so I think it's just kind of a secession plan which I was fine with um after I thought about it and then I mean like the Packers get all this heat about um even their later picks like second and and later and everyone's saying it's a bad draft and stuff like that but you know, I think being a pro athlete and 
you know, you've been around the room, like the way things are, are thought of in the room, like can be very, very different than what the media makes it out to be or like fans interpret things as. So like when I text my buddies that are Packers fans or my brother-in-law, um, and we talk about it, it's like, you know what, like, it looks crazy to us, like, some of the things that they're doing, but I'm telling you, like, there's, there's a reason for it, like, they're, there's, there's smarter football guys than us that are controlling the decision making, like, we're just, you know, we're, we're the armchair quarterbacks, like, we can question everything, but, you know, they're doing it for a reason, because they're pretty good at it, so, it's, it's one of those things, like, ah, like, personally, I wish, like, things would have gone the other way, but, like, you step, take a step back and be like, you know what? He's probably got a more handle on, on what's going on in the organization as a whole than I do. So it's the way I go about it. But it's tough being a fan. I get it. Because, like, it's frustrating. You don't know what they're doing. You just want to know and you just want the best for your team. But uh, I've found it a lot more easy on my heart um, to just take a step back and, and, you know, crappy times stink, but the good times are great. And, not sweating, sweating the little stuff too much. Could be worse. You could be Noel. You could be a Browns fan, right? Yeah. That's or right. I, or I don't know. What about you, Goldstein? Like, are you a Bucks <laughs> now? Are you a Bucks fan now? Oh, listen, I'm not a Bucks fan. I'm a Brady fan. Uh, I did order a Brady Buccaneers jersey. I'm not going to deny that. I support my guy. I support my guy. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna be supportive of what the Buccaneers do, but if it comes down, like if the Buccaneers are to play the Patriots in the Super Bowl, which by the way is not going to happen, um, I'd obviously root for the Patriots. I want Patriots to succeed more than the Bucs, but I'm going to support. I got no bad love for Brady. I think he did what he had to do. So yeah. that's that. I think no matter what, like unless it's like a Pats Bucks Super Bowl, I get to give you a lot of crap this season. Because either Brady was a system quarterback or Belichick's nothing without Brady. Yep. So I yep. win either way. I'm, you're going to win. I'm going to get it from I'm going to get it from you. I got it from all my buddies back home. Marcello's giving it to me nonstop. I mean, I'm going to get it from everybody. But you know what? I, di- I dished it out for, for 15 plus years. I got to be able to take it at some point, right? Hey, Cowboys, are, Cowboys are nothing. Get Cello out of here. Cello doesn't even know a single player on the offense besides Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. So, Cello has no credibility. Well, hey, Grossi, appreciate it, man. It's, uh, it was good chatting with you, and uh, we're happy you're healthy. Your family's healthy. Uh, send our best to, to Maggie and Beckett and the little one on the way. And, uh, hey, best of luck. Stay, uh, stay safe, dude, and hopefully we can catch up soon. Sounds good, guys. Stay happy and healthy. And, uh, Hope everyone out in San Jose is doing well. Yeah, we miss you, man. Take care. Thank you. See ya. See ya.